Hi, I'm Andrea. And I'm Claudia. And we're the Judgy Crime Girls. Hello and welcome. Hey, welcome back. Sorry we've been missing in action. We actually had a death in the family. We took some time off and very glad to be back. I am glad you're back too. Yes. And I'm really glad for you, like just being a listening ear. It's so good to see your face. You too. It's good to be here. Thank you to everybody that reached out and it's good to be back in the studio. Yeah. So we're getting back into the swing of things and we just wanted to give a shout out to our brand new subscribers to Judgy After Dark Fridays. And Rudy, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Rudy. And then we have Petra. Thank you so much for your support. Ich schätze dich über alles und vielen, vielen Dank. Thank you so much for your support, Rudy and Petra. Yeah, you can join us anytime. We always release episodes every Wednesday, but we also release them on Fridays. And in order to hear those longer, more in-depth episodes, you do have to subscribe for just $3 a month. Click on the link in the show notes and you can join and become a subscriber as well. Yeah. This is our final episode (laughs) of season four. Unbelievable. I cannot believe that. Yeah. We're going into season five. Season five. And we're still here. Thanks to you all. Yes, it's been a wild ride. Very interesting. I've learned a lot Mm -hmm. and wouldn't trade it for anything. We've learned to edit. That is the biggest thing. I just real quick went to a pool party on Saturday and the host, she was like, hey, I started listening to your podcast. And I'm like, oh, really? Awesome. Thank you. What do you think? And she's like, I love it so far. I said, where are you at? What? season. And she said, season one. And I said, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, well, you did a local one, but he moved away. And that was the Charlie Brand episode. And I'm like, ooh, yeah, I just felt bad because the audio and our editing skills were terrible. (laughs) It was. And I'm like, maybe you want to skip to halfway through season two. And she said, no, no, no. I love it. I'm going to listen to them all. So thanks, Karen. Thank you. (laughs) That is so funny. But we have been told that some of our very best episodes were in the beginning when we didn't know what we were doing (laughs) at all. No, not at all. Thanks for hanging in there with us and getting through season one with us. Yeah, and two and three, and yeah, this is four. So starting with season five, we're going to bring you episodes every other Wednesday. So in order for you to get that weekly episode, you'll have to join us on Fridays. For Judgy After Dark. Yes. And we hope to see you there. It's super dark. (laughs) Yeah, you'll have to definitely join us if you can. So what do you have for us today? Well, we're going to the beach. We're going to go to California. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, this is our final episode of yep. of our criminal currents. I can't believe all of the water stories we've brought to the table. Yeah. Unbelievable. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Yes. So this is the unsolved murder of Barbara Nantes. 
We're going to go back to the 70s, okay. which are kind of coming back mm-hmm. into style. Yeah. Let's groove right along to Lakewood, California, where Ralph and Judy Nantes left their home on Saturday, August 12th. And they reminded their four children to stay at home with a family friend who was looking after them for the weekend. I have four kids. Mm-hmm. I know how that goes. You guys be good. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> bye. And it just it doesn't work out. The kids promised to behave. And Ralph and Judy told them that they would see them when they got back Sunday night. Almost as soon as Ralph backed the family car out of the driveway, 15-year-old Barbara left the house to go to the beach with her boyfriend, 17-year-old Jim Alt. Now, I have heard stories like teenagers getting out their ladders, mm-hmm. climbing out the back of the house. You know who you are. I know you're listening. Yeah. Well, I used to. And when my daughter actually got old enough, we had a two-story house and there was a tree. So our covered porch was right under her window. So all she had to do was get out her window on the roof and the tree branches were right over the porch roof. Get on that and just climb down the tree. And I'm like, mm, we might have to nail these shut. We never did. But I think we ended up switching her to another room. <laughs> so she couldn't do that. But it's common. Kids do it. Sure. And she was no exception. She wanted to go have fun at the beach with her boyfriend. Barbara and Jim had been dating for nine months. Their friends described them as the perfect couple. Remember when you would be in a relationship for four months and you'd be like, we made it four months. It's our anniversary. Oh, well, first of all, you have the one week, the two week, (laughs) you know, one month, and then you have them every month. It's like, it's our anniversary. (laughs) Yeah, I do remember that. Jim was an accomplished surfer who had been featured in a wetsuit advertisement in a surfing magazine. Oh. She was dating a model. A hottie. While Barbara was a cheerleader who loved the beach. Along with Jim's friend Rick Selga and his girlfriend Cynthia Ancog, the couple headed straight for Torrey Pines Beach, where they planned to spend the night. And the beach was crowded with teenagers when they arrived. Oh, wow. And they spent a few hours hanging out before deciding that they were going to be done for the night. The couple they had driven to the beach with decided to spend the night in their car while Jim and Barbara took a couple of sleeping bags and headed for an area of the beach where nobody was okay. around. They zipped their sleeping bags together to make one large blanket and fell asleep looking at the stars. Oh, that's so cute. I mean, it's adorable. That is adorable. When Jim woke up around dawn, he immediately knew that something was wrong. All the teenagers had been drinking the night before, but he knew this was no hangover. His head hurt, and he felt disoriented and cold. He could barely see, and as he was trying to stumble around in the darkness, he realized she wasn't there. 
He got to his feet and looked around, but didn't see any sign of her. Still confused, he lurched towards the parking lot where his friends were sleeping in their car. Jim found the car and banged on the door loudly, and it frightened Rick and his girlfriend who were inside. Yeah. Rick later admitted that he was only able to recognize his friend by his long blonde <gasps> hair. Jim's face Why? was covered in blood. Oh, no. That would explain why he felt disoriented. Right. Okay. It was clear he had been beaten up. Oh. And Rick asked where Barbara was. But Jim said he didn't know. And panicked, Rick ran down to the beach to search for Barbara and thought he saw her lying near a lifeguard station he stopped when he realized that she was dead. Oh, no. <sighs> so he threw the sleeping bag over her naked body and ran back to the parking lot to call the police. San Diego Police Sergeant Paul Barando was one of the first investigators to arrive at the scene. He said, when we uncovered her body, it was covered in sand. She had some very severe-looking wounds on her head. Oh. It looked like she had probably been hit with something, maybe rocks that someone had found nearby. Barbara wasn't the only one that was struck to the head. Investigators could see that Jim was severely injured. So he was rushed to Scripps Memorial Hospital, where he would remain in intensive care for weeks comatose with a traumatic brain injury wow. right oh my gosh do you know who that kind of reminds me of klaus and bettina that were on that ferry ship that were beaten while yes. they were asleep and yes wow he had no memory of the attack that killed barbara and nearly killed him mm -hmm. mm. that poor guy I can't even imagine. The medical examiner determined that Barbara had suffered multiple injuries to her head. Her skull was fractured and she had also been strangled. Her killer had sliced off her right nipple and dragged her body along the beach. Oh. Her mouth was stuffed with sand. It was clear she had fiercely struggled for her life, but in the end... She had been overtaken. Yeah. Oh, this is awful. Yeah. It's pretty terrible. It was vicious. It looked like someone had taken a sharp instrument and cut around the areola of her breast and also cut around the nipple of her breast. She had been raped and sodomized. Oh, wow. Detective spent hours at the crime scene. They collected the sleeping bag the couple had used and submitted it for forensic testing, along with a cigarette butt found near Barbara's body and several bloody rocks and firewood logs that they believed had been used uh -huh. as weapons. The medical examiner took fingernail scrapings and vaginal swabs from her body. The necklace she had been wearing at the time of the attack was also collected as evidence. Investigators hoped that forensic testing might help them identify the killer. The San Diego Police Department spent the next week interviewing people who had been at that beach around the same time that she was murdered. Right. 
but they were unable to find anyone that witnessed the attack. Mm-mm. Although investigators considered the possibility that Jim killed Barbara and then hurt himself to cover up the crime, they soon ruled that out as a possibility because his wounds were far too severe to be self-inflicted. Doctors had to place a titanium plate in his forehead because his skull had been crushed. Investigators theorized that the couple's attacker had knocked Jim out first likely hitting him over the head with some firewood logs that were found at the crime scene. And once he was unconscious, the perpetrator turned his attention to Barbara. Detectives weren't sure if the couple had been attacked by more than one person, but admitted that that was a possibility. As weeks went by, detectives struggled to find her killer. They had been unable to identify any suspects, and told reporters they believed that the couple had been targeted at random. Despite conducting hundreds of interviews, the case soon stalled and went cold. Mm. Martin Bates had been on the beach with his girlfriend the night of the murder, and he remembered meeting Jim and Barbara. He was the same age as Jim, and later remembered how the randomness of the attack freaked him out. Mm -hmm. He said, I was really affected by it at the time. It was like a coin had been flipped and this person was murdered and I wasn't. Like I was there, could have happened to me and it didn't. Sure. Barbara finished her sophomore year at Lakewood High School just a couple of months before she was killed. She had been so excited about her upcoming 16th birthday and was looking forward to learning to drive. Her brother, Tom, would later recall she was just budding as a person, as a human being, and had massive potential. Her parents were absolutely devastated, especially as they had no idea she had disobeyed them and gone camping that night. Judy said that her daughter had always been headstrong. Mm-hmm. She was popular, defiant, beautiful, pain in the ass, wonderful daughter. That's so sweet. <laughs> she said, God gave her to me to keep me humble, and it worked. Oh. For years, Ralph blamed Jim for the death of his daughter, believing that Jim's rash decision to take her to the beach had resulted in her murder. Ralph would later write a note to Jim stating, Your trying to be alone with Barbara is probably what every red-blooded American boy dreams of. Unfortunately, the time you spent together turned out to be a disaster, but the chances of that happening are probably one in a million. Jim never fully recovered from his injuries. He admitted that he became an angry young man, quick to fight and subject to fits of rage. He just became very depressed and considered suicide. It would take decades before he would finally agree to see a therapist who diagnosed him with severe post-traumatic stress disorder. Eventually, he was able to open up and talk about Barbara, although he would never regain any memory of the attack that took her life and nearly killed him. He recalled how excited they had been when they arrived at the beach, happy at just being able to get to spend some time together. He said, we stood there and we looked at all the fires on the beach and we thought, we're going to have fun. This is so cool. 
we're going to camp out until we have to leave. The beach had always been a special place for Jim, and he was happy to share it with Barbara because he was a surfer, Mm -hmm. and she was just a girl that loved the sun. This is where you're supposed to be able to have fun. This is where innocence plays, but innocence was not there that That night. night. Mm. Her headstone literally says, Barbara Jane Nantes, she had a mind of her own, 1962 to 1978. Detectives have continued to search for her killer. Over the years, detectives have continued to search for her killer. They told Jim and members of Barbara's family that they were looking at a person of interest in 2015. This person was never named publicly and no charges were ever filed. There was some speculation that Barbara's murder could be linked to the 1984 murder of Claire Hugh as both took place on Torrey Pine State Beach and the manner of death was similar, but Claire's case was eventually solved by DNA and the suspect could not be connected to Barbara's case. Oh, no. But it seems like probably that's what happened. Evidence from the crime scene has been resubmitted for further forensic testing on several occasions. But as of today, this has not led to any suspects. Technicians did obtain an unknown male's DNA profile from the cigarette butt found near her body, but they have been unable to match the profile to anyone in the current DNA databases. And it's possible that the cigarette butt is unrelated to the crime. Right. San Diego Police Lieutenant Matthew Dobbs told reporters in 2020, this is still an open case, which is frequently reviewed. We constantly monitor emerging forensic sciences against the evidence in unsolved cases to evaluate the viability of new processes in solving cases. We are committed to solving all of our cases and will take any reasonable steps towards doing so. Wow. She was just 15 when she was murdered. So sad. Just beautiful teenager. Very popular. Very social. If you have any information about her death, please contact the San Diego Police Department at 619-531-2000. I can just almost envision that night, Mm -hmm. just the stars, how excited. I remember when I was 15 and mom, I didn't sneak out of the house. I kind of did, kind of not, but I mean, I remember that. And I am kind of glad that he doesn't really remember anything about that night, that his memory stops when they were at the beach and still had a good time. Yes. And I'm sure he blamed himself probably over the years. I mean, her dad, and I get that. Yeah. They have to blame somebody. They're so angry and grief-stricken. Oh, I can't imagine. Yeah. But I wonder if he ever tried hypnosis, if anything, or if Mm -hmm. he would even be able to handle that. It sounds like he really struggled for a long time. I'm sure anyone would. I can't imagine. But that headstone. She had a mind of her own. That's what this episode should be called. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, that was so sad. Thank you for sharing it. 
Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I just, it sucks that they snuck out, but I really hope he's able to put one foot in front of the other mm-hmm. and, and live a good life. Yeah. As much as he can. And yeah, so Jim, if you're listening, we wish you all the best. Yeah. Keep fighting. So thank you so much for listening. That's it for Criminal Currents. I hope you have a good week. Stay sassy. Stay judgy. And stay tuned in with the Judgy Crime Girls. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye.